Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. If you've been listening to consecutive episodes, then you know that we're in the middle of a study called John in June, which is a soap study on the Gospel of John in the month of June. And for this particular podcast episode, I'm going to talk about one of uh, my favorite soaps that I've done so far. And um, do I need to turn the microphone, Jesse? Yep. Okay. I move around when I talk, and it always gets me into trouble with Jesse. But anyway, um, so every day in uh, the month of June, there's a host of, of ladies from different churches in Durant, not even from just Durant. I have several friends doing this that don't live here and don't participate anything related to entourage. They're also reading John. And so we read our designated verses for the day. We ask the Holy Spirit to teach us uh, what he would teach us as we um, are faithful to open his word. And, And then we pick a scripture or scriptures out of the chapter we're in that day, um, and, and we talk about what what stands out to us. That's kind of, so S is scripture, O is observation, what stands out, A is the application. How can you apply in your own life, in your own walk and faith journey, um, what has what has stood out to you, what you've observed, and then uh, P, S-O-A-P. So uh, how can you pray that truth back to the Lord, uh, whether if you've realized something you need to work on or you've discovered something about God's goodness or whatever the case may be, what uh, what is that prayer that you can come back to? So today I'm just sharing some of my soap. So I'm going to hop into uh, John chapter 8, uh, verses 3 through 10. This is a familiar story. Um, John chapter 8, uh, beginning in verse 3. It says, The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against Jesus. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground, and as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, They went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Um, Lord, we come before you. I thank you for anyone who is watching or listening that they are uh, making time to receive your word. And Father, I pray that your word would be presented um, accurately in a way that is honoring to you and with precision and with power from your Holy Spirit. 
I pray, Father, blessing upon anyone listening or watching today that uh, something in the next few minutes would just meet them where they are um, and give them hope to move forward, strength to be obedient, and faith to believe um, in the word that you've spoken over their life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So super familiar story. Um, A woman's caught in adultery, brought before Jesus. Jesus simply tells all of the Pharisees and and leaders that have been part of this um, strategic strategic uncovering of sin. Um, Hey, if you don't have any sin in your life, pick up the first stone, go ahead and throw it. And one by one, they begin walking away, all the while Jesus is uh, riding in the dirt with his finger. And um, what I love about this is that sin, I don't love it because it, it means it's true in my own life when there's sin active in my life, but it's a really good picture of how sin blinds you. So the especially judgment and condemnation that can be particularly blinding. I kind of like the reference in scripture that talks about how um, you don't, uh, it gives the comparison of, of a speck in an eye and a log in an eye and how you have a, a log of, of wood in your own eye, yet you're focused on the speck in, in someone else's. And so you're going to see a picture of this right here. And I love that Jesus is supreme. He's supreme in his love. He's supreme in his patience. He's supreme in his perfection. But uh, first, we're going to start with the issue of the, the woman in adultery. So I think we all know that adultery is wrong. Um, if you didn't know that adultery is wrong, adultery is wrong. Uh, in the Ten Commandments, it, it was something that Jesus laid out or the Lord laid out specifically in saying, thou shalt not commit adultery. So we don't um, cheat on our, our spouses um, that is wrong. So adultery is wrong. Um, even in secular society in America, that's for the most part the consensus. Adultery is wrong. I've never really met anyone that's a fan of it. it causes a lot of harm, a lot of hardship. So adultery is wrong. So these Pharisees bring this woman and, and her sin to Jesus, and they ask him to condemn her. The irony is that the religious leaders forget that many of the prophets of the Old Testament have painted their nation, their lineage, their family members, their nation of Israel as that of an adulterous woman. Specifically, if you want to go study that further, you can look at the book of Hosea, where God um, has this prophet Uh, pursue uh, marriage with a woman that is going to be unfaithful to him as a prostitute. And there's this process of going back and bringing her back and forth, back and forth in her unfaithfulness. Um, Awesome book called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. If if you like reading uh, Christian fiction, that kind of, it paints a picture of that story. But, But anyway, so you've got these Old Testament prophets that write about the nation of Israel as an adulterous woman. And so Now you have this New Testament scene where the leaders, the religious leaders of the nation of Israel, bring this adulterous woman before Jesus, and they say, condemn her, condemn her, condemn her. And it says that Jesus stoops down and writes in the dirt with his finger. Now what's fascinating about that is that in the book 
of, of Deuteronomy where it recaps the journey of the Hebrews out of Egypt and toward the promised land. There is a reminder about how the law was given, the law uh, being the Ten Commandments that I, that I referenced where the Lord explicitly said, do not commit adultery. It said that it was given by the finger of God. It was written with his very own finger. So I wonder if while the Lord is bending down and riding in the dirt with the same finger that inspired the law that they are referencing, if he is thinking, man, these people just don't get me at all. They are asking me to condemn them. The Pharisees are asking me to condemn the nation that they represent because the nation of Israel is the adulterous woman. And so I wonder, it says that the older men left first. I can't help but think they were perhaps more aware of the scriptures. And upon their request of God's judgment and condemnation upon this woman, they began remembering, "Uh uh-oh, I'm a man and I'm an Israelite. And the Lord has compared our entire nation to an adulterous woman. Maybe I don't want the Lord to condemn this woman because I would be guilty of the same thing. And there you've got Jesus drawn in the dirt with the same finger that gave the law that they are trying to bring to the forefront of their conversation with him. Now, you have to understand why the Lord called the nation of Israel an adulterous woman. It's not because he's a name caller or because he's mean. He picked the nation of Israel to make his treasured, possession. The book of Exodus tells us that. The story of of him pursuing Abraham and bringing promise and seed out of Abraham and then through Isaac, Jacob, and ultimately through this whole nation is about him having a covenant with his treasured possession. But often, most of the Old Testament, in fact, is a story of the nation of Israel forgetting that they were God's treasured possession and in the words of the Bible, pouring after other things that they wanted more than God. And so it's this whole cycle of of them leaving the Lord and going after idols, leaving the Lord, going after false gods, leaving the Lord, disobeying His commands. And so throughout the Old Testament, He paints this picture of Israel as an adulterous woman. Now, Jesus came in the book of John, it tells us, um, to save And I think that it's it's fascinating that the Pharisees are begging him to condemn a woman in adultery, yet it is the legacy of that nation. For the most part, there's always a remnant of people of faith that God works in and through, and that's true for the nation of Israel as well, and it's still true today. But they forget because they're so blinded by their pride and their sin that they are the epitome of the adulterous woman they have drugged. So what they, that they've drugged to to Jesus. So, man, I I think about this story and I think about the times in my own life where I have been more consumed with um, bringing the sin of someone else to Jesus instead of bringing my own sin to Jesus. And often, (laughs) if that is the case, 
my own sin is right there, and it's way more blatant, and it's way more real and present than what I am so concerned about Jesus seeing in someone else's life. And so I think that when Jesus bent down and scribbled in the dirt with his holy finger, remembering when he gave them the law that they're quoting to him, that he's just given them a second. He's given them a second to catch up, to think about what they're asking if they really want the condemnation for this woman that they deserve for themselves. In the book of John, in chapter 1, it says, I'm going to read it because I just don't want to mess it up. John chapter 1 gives this perfect picture of who Jesus is. And it's, it's complex. I don't pretend to be able to explain um, or give understanding to all of it. But it says in verse 14, 14 of John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So this picture-perfect scenario where you have God Himself, the Son of God, the Word of God, and God Himself bent down, riding in the dirt with the finger that brought truth, the law, so that this nation could keep themselves out of death, literally, um, and, and so that they could be in good standing with God in the Old Covenant. And now you've got this same finger scribbling in the dirt, initiating grace. Jesus, full of grace and full of truth. I, I'm sure there are thousands of pictures in Scripture that illustrate this verse from John chapter 1, verse 14. But the picture of Jesus drawing in the dirt with the adulterous woman, surrounded by men who represent a wayward wife. They represent a wayward wife in that they represent a nation that represents that. Jesus stooped down, remembering that he was full of truth, but also that he was full of grace. He was riding in the dirt. And I just think that's powerful. And I think that Jesus, we see a picture uh, of him being full of grace and truth and that he addresses sin in the woman. But he tells her first that he doesn't condemn her and to go on, and then he asks her not to sin anymore. And so I think there's a good reminder that grace comes from Jesus because of who he is and what he does. And our response to that is obedience. And we go on and we sin no more. But it's not in our good behavior that we experience the grace of Jesus. So there's all of these different elements at play that I just think are so neat. But most of all, I just think it is fascinating that these men in their pride, and I'm saying I'm not picking on men. This could have been women if culturally acceptable, but um, women were not in the position to uh, enforce, enforce the law, so to, so to speak, or the religious law, like what's going on in, in this context. But blinded by their pride, blinded by their sin, they bring an adulterous woman and ask Jesus to condemn her. Aren't you glad Jesus is full, not only of truth, but also of grace, and that he is the epitome and the perfection of both existing together? I think that Jesus not only extended grace to the woman that day, but he extended grace to everyone that he allowed to step back from the scene. It's so powerful. To those of you who may have a bit of a... Um, may have judgmental tendencies, 
God can work with that. I've had them before in my life sometimes, and, um, and God brought me through that, and he still is. But we also know in the book of Ephesians that as New Covenant believers with the Spirit of Jesus in us that we have been commanded to take up a shield of faith and also to wield the sword of the Spirit. And I would just say that if you want to be holding up your shield of faith with one hand and you want to be carrying the sword of the Spirit with the other hand, there's no room for stones physically. You've got two hands and you've got two options with which you can use these hands. And so as you engage in a world of brokenness and sin around you, choose wisely and choose carefully. Am I going to pick up a stone today and carry condemnation? And it may be toward yourself. I I want to be mindful of that. Sometimes judgments toward yourself and self-condemnation, that's the issue way more than judging someone else. Are you going to pick up a stone and condemn yourself or someone else? Are you going to pick up your shield of faith so that you can protect against what the Word says are fiery darts and arrows coming your way from a very real enemy? And as you move from just protecting to then proactively fighting with the sword of the Spirit, you're going to need both hands available for that. And so I love this picture. This is what we can do with our hands. We can hold stones of judgment and condemnation, or we can use the sword of the Spirit, and we can use the shield of faith, and we can walk in the power of the Spirit of grace and truth and address sin and brokenness in the same bold and loving way that Jesus did. So that's really it. It's pretty simple to fit that back into a SOAP kind of acronym and category. Uh, The S, the scripture, would be John um, chapter 8, verses 3 to 10. The observation would be the often what we are asking Jesus to condemn someone of, we are guilty of ourselves. The application would be, Lord, I pray a lot in the application. We're going to get to the prayer part. But take a step back. The application is take a step back to see if you are condemning people or if you're bringing them to Jesus so that they might experience grace and truth. In the prayer would be, Lord, um, help me see the sin in my life, not to be blinded by it. Let me come to you for grace, not for uh, condemnation. And Father, as a believer, let me steward my hands wisely with whether I'm carrying stones of judgment and condemnation or whether I'm using my hands to hold up the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for um, fun truths and examples from your word. And I thank you that you are full of grace and truth, that with your finger, you brought the law, which is the truth that, that governs us. Uh, still, the Ten Commandments, we are, gov- we are governed by that, Father, and it protects us. But your grace brought a fulfillment and a, a perfection that took us where the law could not and that is into your presence. Thank you. 
that you're full of grace and truth. Thank you for this passage. Thank you that John was obedient um, to write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Bless those listening today. Amen. See you, ladies. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 